guest today on Vital Voices is Mark Overbay. In 2011, he and his wife Megan co-founded a company called Big Spoon Roasters, specializing in handcrafted nut butters. Megan is originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Mark grew up in Kingsport, Tennessee, where his fascination with food began. Mark Overbay, thank you for joining us for Vital Voices. Thank you, Fred. It's really an honor to be with you today. The products that you sell through Big Spoon Roasters obviously have to involve a lot of knowledge of food science. How did you acquire that knowledge? It goes way back. I, I, I am incredibly fortunate to have known two sets of great-grandparents and all my grandparents pretty well. And uh, I was the kind of kid that was just curious about everything. I like to see how food was made. I like to see how my great-grandfather would mow his grass and what tools he used to work on his lawnmower. And I was always kind of just trying to figure out how things were done. And I, I didn't even realize I was doing it as a child, but I think I was paying attention to how the people in my family cooked. Like I still vividly remember my great grandparents making apple butter in their backyard on an open fire in a big black cauldron and um, having fish fries and um, watching my grandmother make cornbread or um, my mom make baked beans and a lot of that just kind of stuck with me. And then when I got into college and lived by myself for the first time or, you know, on my own, and um, I realized how empowering it was to be able to cook for yourself. And I just started messing around and it became a hobby. And I started a cooking club at, at, at college. And, um, and then I just started reading cookbooks for fun. And next thing I knew I was reading food literature for fun and, um, just kind of just taught myself. I never went to culinary school. I just had a real interest and passion for food and cooking. None of the courses you took at Davidson really had anything to do with food itself. Not at all, unless it was mentioned in passing. Uh, I was an English literature and philosophy double major um, with a concentration in film studies. You asked me before we started recording if I grew up eating peanut butter. Did you grow up eating peanut butter? Very much so. Um, and uh, that that comes, honestly, from my dad, uh, whose nickname is Big Spoon because of the way he eats peanut butter straight from the jar. That's how Big Spoon Roasters got, got its name. But when I was about six or seven years old, we're not really sure exactly when, uh, I came in our kitchen here in Kingsport, and my dad was standing there with a jar of probably Peter Pan, and not a, not a teaspoon, not a serving spoon, more like a, like a casserole spoon, and getting just you know a glacier of peanut butter out of that jar um, to eat as a snack. And I just blurted out, big spoon. And uh, my mom heard it and started laughing. That became my dad's nickname. All my friends from home still call him that. Um, but no, I, I, peanut butter has been a favorite food since I, as long as I can remember. My mom is Phoebe Overbay, um, maiden name Pierce. Um, she was born and spent her early years in Mississippi, where her side of the family still lives in, in the Jackson area. <laughs> And uh, they, they're a family of uh, gardeners and people who take food and cooking very seriously. And, and you cook for people to show them how much you love them. And everybody gathers around the table, you know, at the end of the day for a big meal in her family, which I, I've always appreciated. Tell me about your decision to join the Peace Corps and eventually go to Zimbabwe. I was hired as an editorial intern at a magazine in Seattle called Yes Magazine. 
my boss at the magazine, a woman named Fran Corton, um, had been at the Ford Foundation for years and her best friend in, in the world at the time, uh, her name was Sally Collier and she was the head of Peace Corps Zimbabwe. Because of Fran's encouragement and her direct connection, and she had been in the Peace Corps um, in Africa in the 60s, uh, I applied and, and was lucky enough to get in. How did your time in Zimbabwe become the inspiration for Big Spoon Roasters? I, I had this incredible experience in Zimbabwe of making peanut butter for myself from, from scratch for the first time. Um, I, I was living in a, a, a mud walled hut with a thatch roof, no electricity, no running water. It was, it was the, you know, the archetypal Peace Corps experience. Um, this was before they gave volunteers cell phones too. So, you know, we could write letters. Um, but my nearest point of electricity, I think was about a 14 kilometer walk. But I loved it. I mean, I had a great experience at my job site, um, and everyone around me uh, were subsistence farmers, and I was teaching at a at a high school level, English as a foreign language, and and math. But I, you know, some things you just really miss. You don't know what you're going to miss until you, till you don't have it. And peanut butter was one of the foods I missed the most. I just found myself craving it all the time. But then when I found out they grew peanuts in the area and, and, you know, they harvested them by hand and shook the dirt off of them and cleaned them and roasted them over open fires. Uh, one setup was an old car hood. It was like an old Ford sedan hood. They turned upside down and lit a fire under it and kind of like pan roasted the peanuts. A lot of people would just eat them as snacks, just, you know, like ballpark peanuts. Um, but the most popular thing to do was to shell them and then basically on, on a big stone, like with a mortar and pestle, crush them into a thick paste and then stir that into a vegetable stew, basically making a peanut stew or peanut soup. Ground nut stew. Exactly. It's delicious. But I saw that paste, that coarse paste, and I thought, you know, that's basically just one step away from peanut butter. And so I bartered and traded for the whole setup, the, the stones, um, and I roasted peanuts over open fire and I crushed and crushed and crushed. And then I, I had a little honey on hand because I started tasting it and I realized, well, you know, peanut butter, as I grew up, it's, it's a little sweet and it's a little salty. Mm -hmm. It's not just the ground peanuts. And so I added a little honey, I added a little salt, and then I had some coconut oil on hand that I used to cook with. And I put like a thimble full of coconut oil in, into the mix and just kept pounding it into a paste. And then by the time I had the saltiness, the sweetness from the honey and a little bit of that coconut oil to bring the texture together, it was one of the best things I'd ever tasted. You know, it sounds cliche, but it, I really did have an epiphany at that moment that all great food comes down to is good ingredients, the craft of actually paying attention to what you're doing, and then the effort to stick with it. You know, kind of, if you have those three elements, you can make something extraordinary wherever you are, almost, you know, in any situation. And the last thing I thought of myself of was a, an entrepreneur, though. That was what year in Zimbabwe? 1999. All right. At what point did the idea come into your mind that you could turn food, your passion for it, into a business? It was about 10 years later. When, uh, when I came back from the Peace Corps, um, I got a job with the American Diabetes Association in Washington, D.C., their national office. Um, I was a writer, basically, in, in communications, translating clinical research into consumer-friendly articles. My dad was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes um, in his 30s, so um, that's a big reason I got interested in nutrition and sort of the, the relationship between nutrition and health. 
And then um, a couple jobs later, I, I moved to North Carolina to be a, a, a marketing, really the first marketing manager for a coffee company based in Durham um, called Counterculture Coffee. Mm-hmm. Still around, great business. Um, and that was a very um, special time, uh, at least to me, in that part of North Carolina. This is 2005 to 2006. There was so much food entrepreneurship happening. And, and I started to have these thoughts of, you know, I would maybe like to start a food business someday that does that same thing, that connects people to the agriculture in a, in a really simple but meaningful way. I just didn't really know what it would be. But then I met Megan, um, uh, my, my now wife, and we're, we call each other um, partners in business and life because she, she's very much co-founder of Big Spoon Roasters. Uh, we met at a Super Bowl party, and we started spending a lot of time together, and it didn't take long for you know, me to share these thoughts about you know, maybe starting a food business. And, and she is an, this incredible baker, and, and she bakes for people um, to show them you know, how much she loves them. And she, she has these big Christmas cookie bakes and is just really talented. Um, I was sanding a piece of wood. This was October 2010 in the backyard, and I thought, peanut butter. No one is making peanut butter the way that I made it in Zimbabwe. And so that was really the the spark was having that idea 10 years later that no, there was no such thing as a truly handmade small batch peanut butter brand. I know you spend a lot of time trying to locate just the right ingredients for your various nut butters. Where do you find your peanuts? Right now, and and for the foreseeable future, we get our peanuts from Cordoba, Argentina. The high plains of Argentina that are famous for their wines um, are also ideal conditions for growing peanuts. Dry, arid climates like um, Cordoba, Argentina, um, you don't need as many inputs um, against um, things like mold, um, insects, so they don't use uh, pesticides or herbicides. Um, they don't have. They don't even have to fertilize. The, the the soil is so rich down there. And so our original peanut butter, um, our flagship peanut butter, is is very close to the recipe that I made in Zimbabwe. We use a raw organic honey, and the the honey that we source now is from a believe it or not a tiger preserve in India, um, because we wanted to get certified organic truly non-gmo honey and to get truly non-gmo honey you have to get honey from somewhere where the bees can't fly away and and touch gmo crops and then uh, just a touch of raw organic um, cold pressed coconut oil just like uh, what i made in, in in zimbabwe so that's our peanut butter our crunchy peanut butter is a fun story um, some people might be familiar with hubs peanuts in in eastern Virginia. Um, It's named after the Hubbard family. So they do these classic, they call them Virginia XL peanuts, and you know, they're they're fried in oil. They're super crunchy. They're delicious. They're the, I don't have a number to put on it, like on a crunchy scale, but they are the crunchiest peanuts I have ever had. And so that that puts the crunch in our crunchy peanut butter, and it also has some uh, Muddy Pond sorghum syrup in it um, from Muddy Pond Sorghum Mill in Tennessee. Uh, and I don't know of another business putting uh, sorghum syrup in, in peanut butter. I haven't ever seen it. And we've been using sorghum in, in some ways since our very early days. How do you recommend that consumers eat these products besides just straight out of the jar? <laughs> sure. Well, you know, the first thing 
uh, I, I like to ask people is, you know, how do you eat peanut butter? And, and do you, you know, if you like it on toast, if you like it, you know, stirred into uh, yogurt or oatmeal or in a smoothie, like all those w are great ways to enjoy our peanut butter. There's no wrong way to do it. Um, there are a lot of amazing ways that you can use peanut butter or, you know, we also make cashew butters, almond butters, um, pecan blends, walnut blends. Um, they can be the basis for sauces. Um, they can go into like African peanut stew or mm -hmm. peanut soup, um, desserts, you know, peanut butter cookies. All right. The first thing you do after you take the lid off is give these nut butters a good, strong stir. Yes. So um, one thing to know about natural nut butters, and, and when I say natural, I mean they don't have any um, emulsifiers or preservatives in them. Um, is that there will be what's called natural oil separation. So gravity just makes um, the solids of, of a nut butter go down and the oils come up because the, the solids are more dense. And when you see that in a, in a jar, don't be afraid. That's a good thing, actually. That means there's none of that nasty stuff in there. And, and I always say stir it all the way to the bottom of a jar. Take a, take a good kitchen knife or a, a long, like a teaspoon, and, and stick that knife in the jar until you hear it hit the bottom of the jar, and then just start working it around, and that oil will get incorporated. And assuming there's anything left in that jar, there's no need to put it in the refrigerator. Yeah, it's completely safe to store unrefrigerated. Um, a tip we give people is to store the jar upside down. Mm -hmm. So when the oil separates, it'll separate to what's actually the bottom of the jar. And then when you turn it back over, it's, it's less messy to stir it up. Does your father have a favorite Big Spoon product? That's a great question. I think I'm pretty sure it was the peanut pecan butter for uh, a long time. And uh, I think it's probably close between that and the, the crunchy peanut with the sorghum. Mark, is there anything you'd like to add before we close? We were one of the first living wage certified food manufacturers in North Carolina. And that commitment to taking care of our team members is a core part of our business that we're really proud of. Mark, thank you so much for joining us for Vital Voices. Thank you so much, Fred. It's really an honor to be here. Our guest has been Mark Oberbay co-founder of Big Spoon Roasters in Hillsboro, North Carolina. For Vital Voices, I'm Fred Saucer.